Church, thank you so much for joining us today at Radiate Church Online for our digital experience. We are so glad uh, that you're with us, whether it's your uh, first time with us or maybe it's your uh, you know, 5,000th time with us. It doesn't matter. You're a part of the family now, and we are so glad that you are here. Uh, we don't take it lightly. We've got people in the chat that would love to talk to you. We've got all kinds of things going on, and we're just excited that you're with us today. Uh, for taking time out. Uh, just want to let you know, I want to echo something uh, Pastor Travis talked about just a minute ago. I want to say from, from, my, from my position, from, from my heart, thank you guys so much for continuing your generosity, not just financially, but in your heart of serving and giving, the way that you're serving other people in your community, in your home, uh, in your neighborhood, whatever that looks like. like We can't, guys, we can't be the church without you. Uh, the church is the collective body of Christ that comes together and expands the kingdom and serves other people. And I think during this time, one of the things that can happen is we can draw closer together as we're social distancing or whatever you want to call it, uh, and we can serve our community at greater levels. And so thank you for your, your serving. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your financial generosity that's allowing us to do things like Pastor Travis talked about, securing uh, the right uh, solutions and things like that so that whenever that time comes, when we're meeting back together, we're going ahead and securing things so that we're safe, we're sanitized, and we're secure whenever that time comes. And so thank you for all that you're doing to be the church. You're helping, uh, you're helping deliver boxes of food. You're, you're giving uh, to United Way through our drop box here. There's so many amazing things that are taking place. So thank you so much for that. Continue praying that, that we're making a difference everywhere we go. We want every digital experience to make a difference we want every opportunity to spread the kingdom to make a difference in people's lives. And so your prayers are helping with that. I just want to say I love you. I thank you. Uh, this has been a different time for all of us, but you guys are making it so incredibly, incredibly amazing. I also want to celebrate that we got a report that somebody gave their life to Jesus last Sunday through our digital experience. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. That's life change. Um, we are so excited about what God is doing here. Now, I'll, we're in this series. I want, to, I want to go ahead and jump in. We're in this series called Pivot. Right, we're in the series called Pivot, and it's it's really based on the life and the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul is in the New Testament. He's one of the greatest church planners, pastors, leaders, um, leadership development guys in, in the Bible. He's just phenomenal at what he does. And the amazing thing that takes place is throughout his ministry, throughout his life, the Apostle Paul goes through many moments of pivot. I believe that we're in a moment. Uh, in life, not just because of COVID-19 or coronavirus, but just because of life in general and the way things are happening, I believe we can learn to thrive when things change suddenly if we learn to pivot in the right direction. Paul's life was really full of a bunch of pivoting, a bunch of pivot moments, right? So he goes and for decades he's raised and he's, he's taught all this Jewish culture. Um, a lot of people think that he didn't believe in God. He, he very much believed in God. He was a Jewish, he was brought up in Jewish tradition and all these things. But any, anyway, what took place was he, he, he was persecuting Christians. He was imprisoning them. He was beating them because he believed that that was the way that you push 
the Jewish belief system and everything that he was raised up in was you had to eradicate this new ideology of Christianity and all this stuff was taking place. So he comes along and he meets the Lord on the Damascus Road. We know it as a Damascus Road experience, right? So he meets the Lord and there's a pivot moment to where he decides that he's going to pivot from the life he was in to the life that he is now uh, introduced to. He has scales on his eyes. Ananias comes, lays hands on him. The scales fall off. He begins to learn things like he had never learned before. He preaches the gospel, um, the very gospel, the very ideology that he was persecuting and fighting against for so long. And so there's a, there's a pivot moment that has taken place in this whole thing. And he has this experience and Paul, who was Saul, Saul of Tarsus, his name is now changed to Paul, he pivots from a life of persecution, a life of pain, a life of um, just zealous, passionate pursuit of a wrong uh, mentality that Jesus couldn't be the Messiah and all these things, to now he pivots to where he buys into the kingdom, he buys into Jesus and everything in his life is shifting. I, I just want to tell you today that maybe, maybe you're thriving, your success in this season of your life is not dependent on what happens to you, but how you decide to shift in the season, how you decide to pivot in the moment, what you, where you decide you're going to go and what you are going to do in order to make a difference. And today I want to talk to you about the idea of this. I'm Full. You can title it this, I'm full. I'm full. Because I, I mentioned something several weeks ago in one of our online experiences about, we were talking about the Holy Spirit, and one of my points was we're full of it. We're full of the Holy Spirit. And I really want to lean into that a little bit today as we're talking about pivoting is, I'm, I'm full. And I want to tell you a story. It's found in Acts chapter 16. It's Paul and, and one of his mentees, a, a gentleman that he was training and, and, and discipling, uh, Silas. They were going around, they were presenting the gospel, they were preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and they come through these different areas, and there was a couple areas where the Lord straight up told them, don't go there, uh, it's not time yet, I don't want you to go there and preach the gospel, skip that place, whatever, right? So they go through there, and then they show up in this place called Macedonia. And when they show up to Macedonia, the Lord has them doing some ministry there, and there's this this girl that begins to follow them uh, everywhere that they go. And as she's following them, she's kind of um, 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 just really harassing them on some things and just getting on their nerves. You ever had somebody that just, uh, my kids are in this phase where they like to mimic and, and copy everything you say. They kind of follow you around. You ever, uh, they copy you, but they follow you around too. And like the other night I was at the house and uh, my daughter just really was like on my hip the whole time. She everywhere I went, she just and here was the thing. She didn't like I love that, but she didn't want anything. She was just like staring up at me, and I just looked at her at one point. I was like, "Well, what do you want?" And she was like, uh, "Nothing. I'm good." And and like you ever had those moments where you're like, "Give me my. This is my bubble. My bubble. Get out of my bubble. Stop copying what I say. Like that's getting on my nerves." You ever had that point where you just get annoyed and you're just kind of like, get, "Get just just leave me alone for a minute." Paul and Silas got to that point with his girl. She was walking around. She was saying things. Now, this girl was a fortune teller. And there were people that really honestly just kind of pimped her out and was making money off of her, 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 her ability there of fortune telling. And they were making all this money. And so she's walking around. She's saying all this stuff. She's getting on their nerves. And Paul and Silas are walking. And uh, after a couple days of this, they just get to their point. They get to their wits end where it's like, this is my bubble. This is my life. Get out of my life. You don't know me. 
You don't know me. And so they come around and Paul turns around and he casts the demon. It says he cast the demon at the demonic force out of her that was causing that gift. Well, now all of a sudden he, they had cast that out. She goes about her way. She goes back to the ones that were making money off of her gift. She didn't have the gift anymore. So the people that were making the money got mad. They go and they grab Paul and they grab Silas. They drag them into the town center and they begin telling everybody what had happened. Well, in that moment, Paul and Silas were beaten. They were persecuted for what had happened and all this stuff. And so now what happens is, is they take them, they, they had cast the demon out. So they were doing what they needed to do. They were preaching the gospel, right? They were fulfilling the purpose and the plan. You ever felt like you were fulfilling a purpose and a plan in your life and all you faced was persecution? You're thrown in prison difficulty comes. Can I tell you, if you feel like that today, you're in good company. The Apostle Paul was in the same situation. He was doing exactly what he was supposed to do, yet he was drugging the town center. He was made a spectacle of. He was beaten. He was flogged. And now, all of a sudden, he's thrown in prison, not just thrown in prison to sit there, but he was thrown in prison and shackled to a wall. Now, let's back up and let's be real for a minute. If either one of us, if any of us sitting in the room had been in that situation, we probably would have been really negative, really frustrated, really mad. Probably would have been some bad words that came out of our mouth, some negative reactions towards the people, things like that. And I'm sure uh, because Paul was uh, a person, he had thoughts like that. But there's something that in Acts chapter 16 that it says Paul and Silas began to do. And if you know the story, you know where I'm going. It says that Paul and Silas began to sing praises or hymns to God and began to worship God, hands shackled to a wall, feet shackled to a floor, couldn't move, couldn't go anywhere, unjustly persecuted in front of everyone, physically harmed. Now they're shackled in prison, and they begin to worship. Now, what happens is a miracle takes place on the other side of the worship. An earthquake comes. It opens the jail cell doors. People begin running. The jailer is about to kill himself because he knows that the king is going to kill him for letting all the prisoners out. Paul and Silas go to him, call for the lights. The lights turn on. Then the jailer looks at him and says, What must I do to give my life to the Lord? They lead the jailer to the Lord and change his entire life. He goes back and tells his family, and things shift, generations change. Now here, that's the miracle, but I want to pay attention to the miracle before the miracle. Think about this for a second. They're shackled in prison, and there is a pivot moment in Paul's life where he could have done one of two things. And one would have been justified, the other would have been crazy. The justified one would have been sitting there mad, frustrated, questioning God, wondering why things were taking place. Why are you doing this to me, God? Obviously, I was out of your will. There can't be anything bad that happens to me when I begin doing what you've purposed and planned for my life. All this stuff. And they begin ver verbally or even just mentally questioning everything about God in that moment. The other pivot moment was something that we still see as really unusual. They begin to worship God in His mercy in His grace, in His glory, in His goodness, in His love, in His just infinite, infinite mercy in our lives. They begin to worship Him even when they couldn't move. Hear me today. Go back to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. What does the Bible say? Paul writes these words and he says, that to live your life as a live, use your body as a living sacrifice of worship. Hear me, every 
everything we do, whether we're shackled in prison or whether we're free in America today to do whatever the heck we want to do, our bodies, when we are dedicated to Christ, our bodies are living, daily, minute-filled, spirit-filled. I mean minute-filled because every single minute of our lives is an opportunity to worship God. The way we live our lives, hear this, the way we live our lives is the way we worship our God. The way we live our lives is the way we worship our God. So they, they take this opportunity, and then in verse 2 of Romans chapter 12, Paul pins this. Not only use your bodies as a living sacrifice of worship to the Lord, he says this, be transformed, or don't conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed or changed, shifted, by the renewing, the made new of your mind. Why in the world did a man that persecuted the ideology of Jesus Christ now come to a place to where he was imprisoned for the very thing he imprisoned other people for and he could worship in that moment rather than complain in that moment. Why? Because his mind had been changed, his life had been shifted or transformed by the, the, the glory, the encounter, the goodness of God. Now, back to Acts chapter 16. They worshipped. A miracle took place on the other side of the worship. Let me stop for a second and, and give you this thought. What if your miracle that you've been praying for is on the other side of your worship? What if the miracle that you've been hoping for is on the other side of your worship? And I'm not just talking about just singing out loud. That's part of worship. That's an expression of worship. I'm talking about worship as in my mind is now going to be a worship-filled moment with God. My heart is going to be worship-filled. I'm going to step back from things that I shouldn't be a part of because my life is a living sacrifice of worship to the Lord. What if my miracle is on the other side of my worship? What if my uh, uh, next step, my next level is on the other side of my worship? What if my dedication and sacrificial living of worship to God is the indication that a miracle is on the way? They're shackled. They're in prison. They begin to worship. They stop complaining. Why? Because what was happening around them did not get in them. They were full of the right things. Paul was full of the right things. Paul was full, please hear me, of the right things. Now, let me show you what this looks like in our lives, right? I want to illustrate this so that we see it because the importance is, is that we're full. We're full of God's plan. We're full of God's purpose. We're full of God's grace. We're full of God's spirit. We're full of God's mercy. We're full of God's love. All this stuff. That's why things that are happening in the world today that have a racist tone to them of, and all this stuff, I don't believe is of God because God is a, is, is a God of love to one mankind. To, everybody has the same red blood flowing through their, their, their veins. And the truth is, is we're at a place to where we are full of love. No matter race, socioeconomic status, where they're at from the world, I want you to know that if we're in God, we're in love, and we're in this thing together. And there is no place for hatred or separation or segregation in this world. And the truth of the matter is, I want to show you what this looks like because they were full of it. They were full of God. So if you take this right here, and, and, and this is an empty can, empty drink can, and, 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 and if, you're, if you're empty, it's easy for things to hit you. And notice every time something hits the can, because it's empty, it, it dents in a little bit. See, this is what takes place whenever we're at a place... Where, where we're empty 
is everything that comes at us now affects us in a way that it shouldn't affect us. Every financial problem is a dent in our lives. Every relationship issue is a dent in our lives. Every argument is a dent in our lives. Every political stance is a dent in our lives because we'll get on Facebook and we'll argue politics, but we won't talk about Jesus. Here's the truth, like, we'll do all this stuff and everything that happens around us, the way that the president's handling this and the way that that this is happening and the way this person looked at me in the store, what happens is, is we get to a place where we're empty, everything that happens around us now affects us in a way that it was never meant to affect us. Opinions shouldn't form the way I look. Opinions shouldn't form the way I live. But whenever I'm empty, it dents me. It hurts me. It frustrates me more than it should. Why? Because there's nothing to support me from the inside out. Remember last week I said something. I said that that what's in you comes out in the squeeze. What's in you comes out in the squeeze. When I'm full of nothing, whenever I'm empty, I get offended real, real easy. And maybe you're at a place to where you feel like this can right now. You feel beat up. You feel dented in. Every financial situation that's happened is, has hurt you and, 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 and impounded you. Every opinion somebody has that this is part of the reason why we can't disagree and still love each other anymore because after all, we're empty. And so when your disagreement is your disapproval of who I am, I can't, I can't separate disagreement from personal uh, equity. I love you who you are no matter your belief system, no matter your race. No matter, when we're empty, things that shouldn't matter are you following me, matter. But when we're full, things look a little different. I want to show you what that looks like. I'm going to take this full can right here. I'm going to set it on the ground. And when we're full, what happens is is now we can be supported in a way like never before. We can be supported. We can stand on what we're full of. We can stand when we're full of the Spirit. We can stand when we're full of God. We can stand when we're full of His Word. We can stand when we're full of His purpose. We can stand when we're full of His plan. We can stand when we're full of His Spirit. We can stand on it because it supports us because what I'm full of is better than anything else that happens. It's the same thing that happened to Paul and the same thing that happened to Silas. When things got rough around them, they could stand on what was in them and everything that was in them would uphold anything that they would become because what was in them was the spirit of God the power of God the goodness of God the grace of God the, the, the love of God they could stand and be supported why because what happened around them didn't get in them and affect them it didn't hurt them and dent them and and and, and, and mutilate them like things would if we were empty we, we have to understand that, it, that we have to be full of the right things in order for things to really get to a place to where, look, watch, if we're full, we're supported. If we're full, we're okay. If we're full, everything's going to be taken care of. If we're full, we can stand our lives in a sense that we are on the cross. We are in His hands. We are in the Spirit's work. We can do those things. What are we full of? What are we full of? Because if we're full of the right things, we'll be supported. If we're empty, we'll be offended. I want us to live a life, and we have to learn to pivot in this. We have to live a life 
that is full of the right things. We have to live a life that is full of the God things. We have to live a life that is full of the Spirit. We have to live a life that supports where we're going, not just what we want to believe in our heads. We have to be transformed. We have to be changed. We have to be shifted from one place to another by the renewing and the changing of our minds through the Spirit of God. We are at a place in our lives to where maybe you're in a place to where you have felt like you were full at one time and now you feel like you're empty and everything is hurting you. I want you to know something today. Through the grace of Jesus, through the goodness of Jesus, through the love of God, we can be full again. We can stand on who He is. We can stand on the truth that He's given us. I don't have to stand on your opinion more than I know that what He's done is He approves of me. I am His son. You are His daughter. We are a part of the family of God no matter what I know that we failed I know that we've missed the mark in the Bible Paul also pins this statement all have fallen as short of the glory of God but we can be filled again with the spirit with the goodness with the forgiveness with the grace the love the purpose the passion of God again and we can support our lives can be supported by him rather than everything affecting us what are we full of What's happening in our lives, because here's the truth of the matter that I want you to know. What we feed grows. What we feed grows. If I'm feeding doubt, if I'm feeding, uh, 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 if I'm feeding fear, if I'm feeding opinion, if I'm feeding the wrong things, I won't be full of the right things. But if I feed my faith, if I feed my belief, if I feed my worship, if I feed my purpose, if I feed God in my life, I'll be full of the things that change everything that support me so that I can stand on who He is. Hear me today. You may feel, I may feel, it may look like we are shackled in a prison, that things are coming against us. I'm losing my job. My child is in the hospital. I've got medical issues I know nothing about. My finances are, are going to hell and back. Whatever it is, I want you to know something. If we're full of the right things, we can still stand on the thing that supports us. And that is God himself. I understand we're in a place, hear me, of pivot. We're in a place of pivot. I, I'm telling you as a church, everything shifted overnight for us. But I refuse to look at that moment as a moment of, of frustration and consternation and, 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 and aggravation in my life. I refuse to look at those moments, that moment where everything changed in the church and say, well, I don't know if we'll ever get back to church the way it was. I don't know if we'll ever reach hundreds and thousands of people again like that. I don't know if our kids' ministry will make it. I don't know if this will happen. And I refuse to look at it that way. Why? Because I'm seeing signs of health. I'm seeing you serve. I'm seeing you love your neighbor. I'm seeing you dive into life groups online and get into teams that people have joined teams just this week. I'm watching people uh, uh, donate to United Way. I'm watching generosity still be exhibited. Why? Because we're full of the right things. When we're full of the right things, what comes out, the stability of that comes out in difficulty. We have an opportunity to pivot our mentality to go from I'm, I may be in debt, but there's going to come a point where I work my way out and I'm in generosity. See, we have to learn to pivot because thriving 
I believe thriving is determined by the ability to pivot. Here's a few questions I wrote down that I'd, I'd love for you to ask yourself. Uh, uh, just a few of these questions. One of them is this. What are my disciplines filling me with? What are my disciplines filling me with? My daily, daily discipline that I'm constantly doing is my discipline filling me with self-doubt, with the uh, thought process that I'm not worthy, I don't have anything good to offer? Is my, are my disciplines taking me closer to my goal or my disciplines that I do every day taking me further from them? What's helping me accomplish the mission of my life? What are my disciplines filling me with? Here's another one. Where are my thoughts taking me? Where are my thoughts taking me? Are my thoughts taking me to a place that's at the throne of God or are my thoughts taking me further away? Are my thoughts filling me with the truth and taking me to a place of confidence that I am His son or I am His daughter? Or are my thoughts taking me to a place where I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough? Where are my thoughts taking me? Paul says it like this, not just be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He also says this, take every thought captive that's not of Christ. Take those thoughts captive. If, if, if your thought runs across your mind, ask yourself, is this what Jesus would say about me? Is this what God would say about me? If the answer is no, hold that thing and throw it into a cage somewhere and get rid of it. Where, where are your thoughts taking you? Here's another question. Have I allowed my, my, myself to know God or just hear about Him? Have I allowed myself to know God? Am I taking time to encounter God through His Word? Am I taking time to encounter God through His presence? Am I opening up the Word any other day besides Sunday mornings whenever Radiate Church Online comes? Am I allowing myself to hear His Spirit whisper into mine? Am I allowing myself, my heart, to connect with His heart? What am I doing? Am I allowing myself to know God's heart? Here's another one. When, and this is a self-reflection, when have I been squeezed lately and did I like what came out? When was a moment recently where there's been a squeeze on? It's been pressed. Remember last week we were pressed, but we're not crushed. We've been pressed and it's tough. Did I like the oil that came out or did I not? What was my reaction? What was my attitude? What was my thought? What was my discipline? What happened? How long did it take for me to recover? All those things are indications of where I am. Because here's the truth of the matter. What's in me will come out. And sometimes we won't like it. But if we don't ask ourselves the questions, we'll become empty and everything around us hurts us. See, today, I want to I encourage you as you're watching this today, whether you're a part of Radiate Church or whether you're not, I want to encourage you with this. We are all in our worlds, all in our lives, at a place to where we have either made a pivot or we will have to make a pivot. And the way and the, uh, the direction we face on the other side of that pivot determines where we will go. And I'm hoping, I'm praying that through this series we're going to come to a place to where we know we may be pressed but we'll never be crushed. To where we know that at the other side we're going to be facing where God's taking us. We're going to be facing His Spirit. We're going to be facing His truth, His grace, His mercy, His love, and His goodness. We're not facing any other direction other than His direction. 
We're going to pivot the right way. We're going to thrive on the other side of this. We're going to be successful on the other side of this because what's in us is greater than what's happening around us. I know things may be difficult, but I want to encourage you. We're going to talk about this in this series. Define it differently. Stop saying things may be difficult. Start saying you have opportunities and not problems. See, the reality is, is we, we have to understand we're pressed but not crushed, but I'm also filled with the right things, and so therefore I can be supported. I can stand on what I know. I can stand on knowing God. I can stand on His goodness. I can stand on His spirit. I can stand on His character. I can stand on His omniscience. I can stand on, his, on the fact that He's omnipresent and He's all-powerful. I can stand on that. Why? Because I'm full of that. I'm full of that. And so today, I just want to encourage you. The fact that you're here today and you're watching this today, whether it's a a, a playback or whether you're watching it live, I want you to hear me when I say this. You are not watching this by accident. You are not watching this by happenstance. It is not a coincidence that you're watching this. God wants you to hear this and hear this now. If you'll fill yourself with Him, if you'll fill yourself with His purpose, His plan, His spirit, His goodness, His love, His mercy, if you'll know Him and not just about Him, if you'll fill yourself with with God, I promise you, you'll be able to stand at heights that you've never been able to stand before, and you'll come on the other side of COVID-19, and everything will be better. You'll be better. Everything will be better. Why? Because we took time to pivot and be filled with the right things rather than be empty. It's not a coincidence you're here. And maybe you're sitting out there today, and you're going, I just, my first step to give my to, to, to be filled with God is I just gotta accept Jesus today. I gotta accept Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. I want to pray with you right now. If that's you and in your heart and in your spirit, you just have this feeling, you have this thought. I gotta give my life to Jesus today. I gotta give him everything I have. If that's you, I just want you to right where you are, bow your head, close your eyes, and just repeat after me. Just dear Jesus, I give you my life. I'm sorry for who I've been. I'm sorry for trying to do this by myself. Thank you for giving your life on the cross for me. I want to be filled with you. I want to walk with you. I give you everything I will ever be because I love you and I believe that you love me and you gave yourself for me. Just a simple prayer. The Bible says if we say that, if we pray that, and we believe that in our hearts, guess what? We have now been saved. Come on, Radiate Church. Put your hands together for the fact that somebody, somebody out there watching this just prayed that prayer and gave their life to Jesus. They are now part of the family of God. Come on, somebody. Let's celebrate what God's doing. Now, if you pray that prayer, I want you to do something for me. I just want you to write yes in the chat. Just write yes. Yes. Just write yes if you prayed that prayer. Because here's what I want to do. I want to resource you. I want to help you. I want to walk with you. I want to celebrate you. Because it is the greatest decision you'll ever make. Now, I think the second step some of us can make, because some of us have given our lives to Jesus, but we're still empty. We're not full. I'm going to tell you, I think the second step we can make, and, and, and I believe this with everything inside of me, the, the next step For some of us, is we need to take a next step. 
Some of us, we need to get on a team of people that will develop us and love us and help us get to a place where we're utilizing our talents and our gifts that are in us. Some of us need to join a life group because those are places where we can get real and raw and open our hearts to one another. Some of us need to jump in and, and, and be a part of a full life and learn more about what's happening at Radiate Church. I'm telling you, I believe this. This is not a sales pitch. I believe this with everything inside of me. When we take that next step, I had somebody ask me recently, Pastor, what do you think the, the, the right step is next? And I just told him, I said, I think the right step is just the next step. For some of you, the next step is the right step. You just need to take a step. You've been sitting back. You've been watching this thing online for eight weeks, ten weeks, whatever it is. You've been watching. You've been consuming. You, God's been working in your life. You're pivoting. I'm telling you, listen to me. It is time to stop watching. It is time to stop consuming. It is time to get involved and take a next step. Get into a life group. Stop sitting around hoping that you can one day, you'll get involved when things start meeting again. No, it is time now to start moving. It is time now to take that next step. It is time now to get in relationship with people in your church through joining a team, through joining a life group. It is time now to learn more about your church through full life so that we can get you on that team. It is time now to begin doing whatever we've got to do in order to expand the kingdom. I'm telling you, I believe with everything inside of me, part of being filled with God is being filled with the people he's put you around. Take that next step. There's a, cl cl a link in the chat, if you're watching this playback, go to radiatechurch.net. There's a whole next step section right there. And click on that. I'm telling you, that is some of you's next step. I want to pray with you. And then we're going to go and we're going to take a next step and we're going to change the world. We're going to change everything about the world we come into contact with because we are full of God. Come on, church. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for giving us everything that we have for being who you are. Thank you for your character. Thank you for allowing us to know you at a greater level. And God, I pray that we would pivot, that we'd be so full of you that just like Paul, just like Silas, God, that when things get difficult, we would worship because we know who you are regardless of what's happening around us. God, let us be full of you. Let us be full of who you are. And God, there are people out there that are still contemplating taking the next step. I believe this is the moment to take that step. I believe, God, that they just need to click the link. They need to sign up and somebody will be in touch with them. God, the next step is the next step. And God, we just honor you. I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for those that are clicking the link, that are joining teams, joining life groups, getting involved, doing what they need to do because the kingdom of God doesn't stop. It doesn't, it doesn't pause. We continue going forward and this is part of the way that we can do that. God, we love you. We honor you. In your name we pray. Amen. Click that link. Take your next step. Radiate Church, I want you to hear me. We are ready to pivot because we are full of the goodness of God. I love you guys. Let's go change the world. I'll see you next week.